Dolly Parton. <laughs> and I'm Byron from the Fun V Podcast. And I'm Ward from the Parkway Theater. Theater, yes. Well, yeah. those uh, dulcet tones you hear there are coming from Dolly Parton because I didn't really like the music in the movie we're about to discuss. So I thought. You didn't like the like Bond, the Bond song kind of intro okay we're gonna get there we're gonna get there but uh but in general <laughs> oh, no. in general i thought well, who's popular who's gonna sing a song about easter and i went with dolly i don't know how dolly is still going she's about 89 95 i don't even know and she's got her show and her social media and i mean it is incredible this woman absolutely she's bigger than ever uh, bigger than ever. What part of her are you referring to when you say that? Just <laughs> I just her, uh, her, I don't know, her entire aura. Her aura. She's she's like that. She backed the vaccine. Right. Yeah. She's saying uh, vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. If you know that song, <laughs> Jolene. Jolene. Know this. Well, it's a Jolene song. Anywho's. Uh, so we are going to review on this episode Monty Python's. Life of Brian, just in time to honor Easter holiday here in the United States and all around the world, I assume. Uh, it's not like Halloween or those other holidays where uh, it's different. This is Easter, um, and, uh, and I want to start out by saying I have nothing but respect for my Christian brethren out there, and I hope you're not offended by what I say on this podcast. I assume you will be by what Ward says. <laughs> I am going to be, yes. Uh-huh, you're going to be. But, you know, let's... Watch your words, let's, Mortensen. Let's say some things... Oh, no last names in the podcast. I don't want anyone tracking me down. Well, uh, 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 we're going to say some things. We're going to talk about this movie. It's obviously a farce, a, uh, a spoof uh, on the life of Jesus, as told in the New Testament. 
But I do want to start by saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that we think lesser of anyone out there who is celebrating this holiday season. So anyone else want to drop a caveat before we start uh, tearing apart the whole thing? <laughs> uh, I will say as the resident Christian on the podcast, <laughs> I would say this movie is relatively tame, uh, at least by today's standards. I read some articles where I was like, oh, man, it's going to be like people are going to people were all up in arms. And then I watched it and I was like, hey, I've seen this as the end. This is this is nothing. It's like I, I didn't even think I, I didn't think it was mildly offensive. OK. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's quite yeah, the you, hot take. It, certainly kind of builds it up because i mean it, it was banned in norway right so really? here's the thing nuts. we've we have jumped in way too fast okay we've yes, jumped we in have. way i haven't e- i haven't even given the stats yet the numbers i haven't talked about you know the year it was made any of this shit and and the reason that's a problem is because I, we actually have a listener email to read before what? we jump into any of this stuff. Yeah, we have to read the listener emails as we do on every podcast when we have every episode when we have uh, listener emails. So let's jump into that first. Okay, I have an email here that says, uh, Dear Parkway Podcast Team, I have been listening since you started and just had to finally write in. I love the witty take that you have on each movie that you review. And I especially love the fresh perspective that Byron brings. Oh, Byron. No. Look at that. No, you're making uh, this up. This is April no. Fool's. This is the joke. No, no, no. no By- Byron, because he never watches any of the movies. And it's funny because this one we're about to talk about, Byron's actually seen. So, uh, so yeah, sh- uh, this person says, uh, love your- loves your fresh perspective. And okay. then uh, I can't wait to start going back to the theater for movies. At, or, yeah, back to the theater for movies and listening to the companion podcast that you do for the screenings. Keep up the good work. Signed, Angie. So, boom, there you go. What do you guys think about that? Pretty great, right? Uh, that's pretty fantastic. Pretty I, I, I can visibly feel myself blushing as somebody actually <laughs> called out my name. I, that's, the, that's the first fan mail I guess I get. I'm calling it fan mail for me. Not, not, not you. Byron mail. wants to know if okay. Angie left a last name. All right. We need an address <laughs> and a Tinder profile. Yeah, maybe an address. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, you know, I don't have that info, but maybe we can uh, email back and see. But yeah, so we have to, uh, we have to, you know, we have to make sh- make it a practice to actually read the fan mail that we get beforehand. So I wanted to do that before we went into so the details. So first off, let me just say thank you, Angie. We really would love to. We're, we're excited to see you back in the theater when things reopen. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to show movies anymore at the Parkway because they've all been canceled. <laughs> well, I mean, let me ask you this. Since you've owned the Parkway, have you played a new release? Is that even in your business model? We have not, and I'm pretty sure you can't show anything that was made before the year 2000 anymore without offending at least one person. So uh, okay. um, hmm. we're yeah. just going to be a live music venue now. Yeah, Sorry. Well. Yes, because before the year 2000, there were no offensive movies, like, say, in 1979 when Life of Brian was made, which you think is not offensive. And we're going to see if that's true. Uh, Let me jump into the numbers, the whatever the hell we call it. Uh, We kind of decided we might swear more on this podcast, so sorry. Yeah, to do that for the Easter. Let's go to our statistics. 
Yeah, the stats. So this movie, 1979, it's Monty Python. Whew, the famous comedy troupe from the UK, Graham Chapman, John Cleese, Terry Gilliam, uh, Eric Idle, Terry Jones, and Michael Palin. I assume that's pronounced Palin like Sarah Palin, but I don't know. Maybe it's Palin. And you know what? If I were to read the roles that these people played, I think everyone who's seen the movie would realize that would take forever because they all played a bunch of different roles and, you know, whatever. Uh, we'll talk about if that's uh, interesting or not. Directed by Terry Jones, uh, one of the comedy troupe. And uh, let's just say Terry Jones was the one that played um, uh, uh, Mandy Cohen, Colin, Simon, the Holy Man, Bob. Well, he played somebody named Bob. Mom, right? It's the mom, yeah. Okay. And then uh, um, the, they had $4 million for a budget here. They got $20 million in box office, um, which... I assume it's worldwide. I don't. I don't know if that's worldwide or where. Uh, tomato meter. This one, boy. Tomato meter. Ninety-five percent critic, ninety-three audience. And you know what? That audience oh. score. That audience score is over two hundred and fifty thousand votes or whatever. Yeah. So it is not affected is. by a small sample size. It, it is uh, not. Yes, yeah, it's not a small. It's not statistical anomaly. So IMDb plot summary: Born on the original Christmas. In the stable next door to Jesus Christ, Brian of Nazareth spends his life being mistaken for a Messiah. What did you guys think? Let's uh, let's start with Byron, like because this is the life of Byron, right? Yes, it's almost <laughs> it's close enough. Uh, I've been called Brian enough times. It's almost it's it's a documentary on my life. So, so Brian, what? Um, <laughs> Brian. Brian, what is your experience with this movie? You have seen it before. We had not. So when did you yeah. see it? Yeah, so first? one of those weird anomalies of uh, films that I have seen, but you guys haven't. Um, for me, uh, I guess it has to all start as far as Monty Python stuff goes. It has to start with, I saw the Holy Grail. Uh, not not the actual physical Holy Grail that's seen in Indiana Jones, but I actually saw the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail was so enamored with it I needed to watch anything else produced by these guys and started this was way back in the day when I could still go get VHS's begged my parents to go get as many VHS's of Monty Python as I could they started with The Meaning of Life which is another one that we could have reviewed and then I ended up with Life of Brian and Life of Brian was the hardest one for me to understand uh, as a young kid, just because there were so many other little subtle pieces of comedy in it, and the plot of itself was kind of a little bit more subtle for, uh, I think, I, first time I think I saw this was like when I was 10 years old or something like that. And um, and they didn't have subtitles back then. No, they didn't have really subtitles back then, but you didn't need subtitles to see everything in this movie, uh, see some of the funnier parts, such as uh, the stoning and everything else in this film. But, uh, yeah, that was the first time that I saw this. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I guess I'm the one who uh, gets to be blamed for this one because I was the one that suggested this. So Well, uh, blamed is a strong word, I would say, like, we're not going to stone you, but there may be like a crucifixion in your. Future, there might be a slight crucifixion. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about you, Ward? So, uh, so my. Let me just first say my history with this movie. So I same deal. I saw Monty Python and the Holy Grail when I was a kid, and I thought it was just the funniest thing ever. And then I and then I saw the Meaning of Life, and um, 
And then I thought, you know, I should probably go back and watch that one, The Life of Brain, but I never did because <laughs> I just thought it sounded kind of weird. Yeah. And so it turns out when we were talking about what to do for this podcast, it's not The Life of Brain. I think maybe I was like dyslexic or something as a kid. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this was the first, I, I'm sure I've seen little bits of it, but this was the first time I ever actually sat down and tried to watch it beginning to end. Uh, and for me as well, I've, I've never, I mean, I know of Monty Python, I know of all their movies, um, but I had never tried to watch this movie and I say try, uh, <laughs> on purpose. I tried, I tried, I watched it. Uh, it was hard and, uh, and it was my first viewing and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll we'll get to my opinion maybe, or my overall take at the end, I guess. But how, Byron, since this is your movie, how, yes. how should we discuss this? What do you think? Because I think the, you know, basically this is, the plot, as I read, is centered around somebody who was tangential to, you know, Jesus during uh, the time of the New Testament, the stories of the New Testament. So, I mean, it's kind of like we know the plot. It's just, it just goes awry, astray from from the actual life of the Messiah here. Yeah, um, it's certainly different. I almost, um, while watching this again in preparation for this podcast, I was almost viewing it as, um, I think the term is called an anthology, where it's um, we see a particular plot, but played out from multiple angles. I think that's what it's called, um, anthology. And that's how I was almost viewing this, is I was viewing this as... Um, an anthology like of he an said, actual she Christian said film, but from, it was from uh, the perspective of this other guy who was just, you know, a regular are you guy. Ta- are you saying crowd. that, Byron, are you saying that this is like he said, she said with Kevin Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern? I have never seen that film. So, but you know what? I will agree with no. you. <laughs> it's like you see the same thing from different perspectives. Correct. That's exactly what I was trying to say. And so that was how I was viewing it from this time. Um, also, while viewing this film, again, um, given all of the events that has happened, that happened to us and the rest of the world through last year, it certainly gave me a little bit of an interesting perspective as to um, laugh at some of these funny things and laugh at... Uh, not only at the movie, but just at the age of the film. Like what, like what Ward had said, that this was considered a controversial film at a certain time. The, so controversial, it was actually, like I, I had alluded to at the beginning, it was banned in Norway and banned in Ireland for a very, very mm-hmm. long time. And it required, um, it required you to be 18 years old to go see it in the United Kingdom. That's how extreme uh, and controversial this film was at the time. Well, there is some gratuitous nudity. There certainly is, uh, and that probably didn't help. But I know there was a lot of controversy and accusations of blasphemy uh, when this film originally came out. Um, What did you guys think? I guess I'll ask you both collectively. Uh, Ward, what did you think of this film, uh, having seen this? And Like you said, this wasn't your first first Monty Python film. So did it meet your expectations? Yeah, I think so. I mean, 
as far as like the uh, was it offensive? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really like at the very beginning of the movie they they kind of show Jesus um, preaching and it it kind of like it's almost like the camera moves over to Brian and you're to understand that all of this is happening at the same time that the life of Jesus is happening. So I don't really know why that would be offensive to people if it's just like, you know, this ridiculous parallel story. But anyway, uh, what I think of it, you know, it's like to me, um, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail and the meaning of life have like these, laugh out loud moments where you're just like, I remember as a kid, just like busting a gut. And to me, this movie is like laugh through your nose where you're like, you're kind of, it's like, it's amusing. There were some funny parts, but for the most part, like there's a scene in the middle where somebody asked, I think John Cleese asked Brian, you're just making this up as you go along. And I'm like, that's kind of how the, I think that's what the filmmakers were doing too. And it's just kind of like, some random irreverent humor where I'm like, I don't really know that they had a script. I think they were just kind of like coming up with humorous stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's some parts like the stoning scene. I thought that was really funny. I like that. I like the whole idea of like this group of men pretending to be women, pretending to be men. That was funny. But, uh, but I didn't bust a gut like I do with some of their other work. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think when I was trying to elaborate, when I was talking about my history with this film, that was, I think, why it didn't it didn't really have the same impact as, say, like The Holy Grail, is because there was a lot of... It wasn't as, like you said, gut-busting laughing with it. There weren't, there weren't that many good scenes to do that in. So, um, Matt, what did you think? Well, it's funny that we're talking about laughing because one of my notes says, mm, I didn't laugh once this entire, this entire <laughs> Really? <movie. laughs> oh, no. So, I mean, here, I get what they're doing. You know, I get that. I, I mean, I'm looking, I mean, I'm sort of watching it like I academically appreciate their, the, the farce, the, you know, the, uh, whatever, the, well, uh, yeah, the, the idea is that, that they're... their comedy is speaking truth, but they're doing it very funny, and they're trying to speak I, truth. Well, first of all, first of all, I don't know that they're speaking truth. Well, yeah, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened two thousand years ago, but I, I think that there is definitely some, some you know reality to what they're portraying. But British humor not funny to me. I mean, I could watch the British Office and never laugh, and watch the American one. Yeah, that's funny because it's just a different thing, and you know the, the like like I get so so sick of British men trying to talk like this because I'm a woman. Oh, look at me! It's like that's not funny. I mean, that's bugging the shit out of me, basically. So that part, just like oh yeah, it's a man playing a mom of a kid. Like ah oh, man, it was grating, is what I think. Just grating. I don't like Monty Python, is what I what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Do you like when American men pretend to have a British accent when imitating Monty Python? I I don't want anyone to imitate Monty Python. (laughs) What about British men imitating American accents? 
Okay. There are I like many... those fine. Those are... are fine. But when I see a guy who's like, but the flesh wound. Yeah, I just want to. No, I don't. Yeah. I mean, if you want. So so here's here's an example. It's not British, but it's, you know, Irish or Scottish. I mean, when you take Mike Myers doing Scottish for uh, Austin Powers, or maybe it's supposed to be English. um, I think that's great. You know, that's. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. But when you watch this, I don't know if it's the 70s or if it's just this particular style of humor. I, I just do not care for what they're doing at all. And I actually, actually you know what? Probably it's not the British part because when I watch seven, late 70s, early 80s, Saturday, Saturday Night Live, which was heavily influenced by these guys in, the, in the Monty Python, I don't, I don't care about what, you know, John Belushi was doing in these weird roles and shit. I mean, it's just, I don't like any of that. It's really, I appreciate it kind of academically, like I said, but I don't, I don't, I don't Ah, humbug. Well, sorry, Mr. Negative, but uh, that's okay. You're allowed to have your own opinion. Well, you know what? I have my opinion, and I think uh, I'm going to have to cut to a a commercial break really quick just so I can uh, just express my opinion a little bit more. Here we go. Hold on. The CD is filled with instant classics. Who doesn't remember? This album is not available in stores and limited quantities are available, so order now. So uh, when I think of satire, and if you're going to blaspheme, we're back. First of all, we're back from the commercial break. If you're going to blaspheme, I think Saturday Night Live, or sorry, uh, South Park, they're doing it right. I don't know if that's my 21st century, uh, uh, you know, aesthetics here. I'm not a South Park fan. Well, I don't know why. I've never I, I, so I, so I, don't, I don't watch, you know, I've never seen every single episode. I remember telling people back in college, like, oh, I don't watch South Park. But as I was playing that clip there, I was laughing. Never laughed once at this movie. So, wow. oh, something, no. something about it. <laughs> well, that's... So, Byron, I've got a question for you. Sure. So, if you think of, uh, like, Monty Python and the meaning of life, the, the like, you know, the, the most memorable scene is the guy in the restaurant you know, exploding after he eats the mint. Yes. If you talk about thin. Monty Python and the Holy Grail, it's the rabbit. Yes, he's like got really what, sharp for teeth. you. What is the most? What's the most memorable scene from this movie, or the is there memor- one that really the most stands memorable out? Scene that I would have from this movie um, would say he is not the Messiah. He is a very naughty boy. Yeah, and it's <laughs> said like this: He is not the Messiah. He's a very naughty boy. 
And I just want to just put a pretty, gun to my good. head and get rid of myself for hearing that. Harry Jones a on this good phone call. I like that. You should do impressions, get, man. I mean, why would anybody? So I like, I like. You should do um, all of the podcasts in that voice. I Please like. Uh, no, that would be that would never happen. I like Ricky Gervais. I like. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I like. Uh, what's the guy from uh, uh, World's End? You mentioned World's End. Simon Pegg. Why do you hate British Simon people? Simon Pegg. Simon, I like Simon Pegg. I like Jerry, I like British comedians. You know, I like uh, James Corden. I do not like this nonsense of like. What about Kate Winslet? Do you I like love her? Kate Winslet. I mean, we talked about Titanic. Helen Mirren. You like uh, Helen everyone Mirren? Everyone loves Helen Mirren, of course. I mean, these are great. They're not comedians, are okay. they? But no, but we're just we're just establishing that you don't hate everyone from the UK. Well, I don't like the Queen, or I don't I don't like <laughs> Meghan Mar- Markle. I'm sorry, Meghan Markle. Is, is that a is that a political statement? I'm just kidding. I like Meghan Markle. She's great in suits. Loved every episode. Edit that out. I loved every episode. <laughs> um, no, so so it just it's just tough for me to just like absorb this kind of humor. I, I don't really it, get it. So I'm it sorry. really is a victim of its age. Um, it is from the seventies. You can tell it's very seventies. It's very seventies effects. It's very seven. It's it's very topical in. I shouldn't say topical, but it's but it's very um, humor related to its time, and mm-hmm. um, certainly. Well, I think you make a good uh, point, I, though. Sorry, what was that? Sorry, go ahead. I was just, I, I think you make a good point there about it's a, it's a product of its time because I think that, so this is something I've encountered lately. If you watch comedy from, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago and you've never seen it before, it's not that funny. If you have seen it before and it's one of your favorite movies of all time, you, it, it, it doesn't lose it at all. Yeah, well, but I agreed. think it definitely I think doesn't comedy doesn't lesson. age quite as well. I, yeah, I, you know it's funny because I'm going to disagree entirely again with that assessment, and the reason is because I was watching this movie, and for a little bit I got lulled into thinking it was more modern because of the themes that it was talking about, and the reason that I thought that was because there are instances where they have one of their brothers and he says he wants to identify as a woman. And, you know, I, I don't care about, you know, either way, that's great for you. Um, but I was, you know, I was thinking that's a modern thing. You know, I mean, in 1979, they were putting this theme into their movie. And I, I guess I don't, I wasn't alive in 1979. <laughs> but... You know that was part of it, and then there was there was this whole kind of militia, like um, what would you call it, like like the uh, People's Front of Judea, right? They were no, like you mean a, the Judean People's Front? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. Uh, ah. You know, because I know later on one of them, the other one shows up, and, and then they all commit suicide or whatever. Oh yeah, the Judean <laughs> but, Suicide Squad. Well, but it was it was hey, it you was, just laughed. It was PFJ or JFP. Yeah, I just laughed. Whatever. Uh, but the point is, there there is a lot of themes that they bring up in this movie that feel very modern and relevant to me in terms of people who are fighting for, you know, Black Lives Matter or other, you know, social justice issues. And then people having, you know, um, uh, you know, choosing their 
their um, uh, gender and things like that. And, I, and I'm not trying to uh, make light of these issues. I'm just saying that I actually, for a while during this movie, I thought this seems very modern to me. It's not. It's not. So um, it's timely. Well, it's timely. I mean, some of the comedy uh, is, is timely. It... Oh, go ahead, Ward. Well, I was going to say it's, it's timely, but I just mean humor in general. Like, if you go back and watch an episode of Cheers right now, it's oh, not that funny. Oh, boy. Boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. No, no, oh, boy. All right. Podcast that. over. We canceled this and, podcast. And, I've, and right. I, like, I love, it's funny. I love it's Seinfeld. Funny. Or here's a good one. Like, I watch Christmas Vacation with my kids. And, and I thought it was so funny. And my kids were like, that's not that All funny, right, Dad. I cut them out. I, I dropped his mic. <laughs> my don't point, even want to hear, my even want to hear what that, else he has to say. Of course, my Byron, point is that okay, is humor, he still there? He's still I there. We're cutting him out. Hum- so he, humor uh, is he doesn't want to talk. But this is my favorite Christmas movie. Is he still talking? He's not talking anymore. But uh, Ward, this is my favorite Christmas movie, and you're over here. It's bashing. a wonderful life. No, <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> yes, life. Yes, it is the one. That right. is the best Christmas movie. All right. All right. I can't even believe what's happening. I, look. My point is, I love Christmas Vacation. I think it's hilarious. But I'm just saying that comedy is tough because as it evolves, you know, each new generation is watching it with a new lens. And I don't know if it, if it, I don't know that it holds up as much as like, if you watch Die Hard, it's like it action holds up. I don't know if comedy holds up as well. Uh, I can agree. I, something, I, I don't know if I can formulate this correctly. Um, I'm I'm trying to work this, uh, I can feel the steam coming out of my ears as I'm trying to work this out, is comedy is at its best when it is pushing boundaries. And when we go back and look at older comedies, they seem to kind of feel stale because those boundaries have been broken by those movies. This could have been... Many times, and then many times since then. And many times since then, that that it's it's comedy is uh, presenting a truth, uh, an uncomfortable truth, in an interesting way, or at least from a different angle. At least my opinion, um, and it's got to push a boundary. And I, I guess that's really the only way I can say it is that it's got to push what? a boundary. And it, when we go back and look at older comedies, I mean, they're like they're covered territory. Oh, are we getting abducted right now? Something's happening. We're getting reborn in the in the um, <laughs> telepod. Um, so, Byron, a, a good example of this is Saturday Night Live. Like, I think the original Saturday Night Live is really funny. But if you watch it now, if a, per, somebody watched it now that's never seen it before, they might have a different opinion. Oh, agree. Part of that is because it's been done so many times since then. And it was, like, revolutionary at the time. Oh, I'd agree. Uh, something that I know Matt I had brought up, too, beamed? where it seemed like it was... Did I just like get was... beamed down to the planet? I was trying to beam myself out of this conversation. <laughs> uh, it clearly didn't work. Uh, I guess a point that you had made, Matt, talking about how this seemed strangely relevant nowadays, uh, It, I think it's a good example that uh, when left unchecked, history will repeat itself or at least that we have been encountering these problems or experiencing these problems since at least 1979, probably a little bit before then, uh, probably even a long way before then, and we still haven't found a solution to them. 
uh, what what problems are we talking about, Byron? Uh, you were talking here. about uh, when you were talking about the the. Uh, I'm sorry. When you were talking about when you were the um, the person who wanted to become issues a woman, of gender and. and- and some mm-hmm. of the other issues that uh, you had mentioned that seemed like they were relevant of today. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and that's why I think that these things cycle back around, and it felt very relevant to me. It didn't feel dated, but the, I think the, it wasn't the issues of the comedy that were dated. It was just the way they went about it is not funny to me, and that's maybe just my personal you know, take. And that's the problem with reviewing comedies is that if it's not funny to you, then there isn't much else to discuss, is what I think. Although, one thing to discuss here, one more thing is, and Ward mentioned this earlier, I'm not sure if it'll make the final cut of this episode, but uh, that whole spaceship thing, what in the hell was happening with that spaceship part of this movie? Anybody have any insight into that? I have, I guess, a theory about this whole film uh, I've just been thinking about was... Like you had mentioned, I can't think it was Ward who had mentioned that this seemed uh, a very much, or it was, no, I'm sorry, it was Matt who was talking about this was very influenced by Saturday Night Live, or no, it was Ward, I'm sorry, um, that this was simply a film that, uh, like a lot of Saturday Night Live movies, it's just a bunch of skits that are crammed together with a very, very thin um, segue between each one. And that's kind of where I think the uh, the alien spaceship comes from, was they wrote themselves into a corner plot-wise, and they had to come up with something. I Yeah, I have no knowledge of why they did that. No idea. It's very weird. I just Googled it while we were talking, and there's, like, no consensus. Everybody's got a different theory as to what it meant. <laughs> Did it mean something? What what is what are some of the I, Well, theories? some people think that it's a play on Islam, some people think it's a play on um uh the the last temptation of Christ. Uh other people just think it's Terry um Terry Gilliam got bored out, although you said this was Terry Jones, so no, that that one is definitely wrong. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a weird one. Uh, something that I think is a common uh, common theme in a lot of Monty Python films is they certainly do something very funny in the middle of the episode, or the middle of the film, I should say. I mean, they did it in Holy Grail where they had uh, the reporter come in, and then they did it also in The Meaning of Life where they had uh, <laughs> they actually had the the game show or the theme show where it was or the no, I'm sorry, the talk show where it was Welcome to the Middle of the Show. So this is their version of it, I guess, for Life of Brian. So they needed some weird sort of intermission. That's my theory. Yeah, yeah, it, it did feel a little bit like an intermission. It didn't last long, though. It was very, it was very unusual. It almost, um, I was trying to think of another movie that it was like, it was all practical, apparently, which, I mean, back then, it, that's not surprising. But uh, some people said, like, oh, they're capitalizing on the recent release of you know Star Wars, and uh, I don't know, boy, it was bizarre. Those little aliens were flopping around, and pretty weird, pretty weird, I have to say. Uh, one, one more thing that's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know if you guys checked out the full Wikipedia article like I did. I did my research here, the the lots and lots of research. Oh, you went into the dark web. 
Wikipedia. Yeah, I dove, I dove deep. I, I, I installed the Onion router on my on Not my a credible source, here. that Wikipedia. Yeah, so the funny thing is, you remember how... Okay, I'm going to tell you this. In 2009, it was announced that a 30-year-old ban of the film in the West, in the Welsh town of Aberystwyth. I don't know how you pronounce... Um, I don't know how you pronounce that. That's like uh, seven consonants in a row. Uh, that the ban had finally been lifted. And the subsequent showing was attended by Terry Jones and Michael Palin uh, alongside Mayor Sue Jones Davies. Okay, the mayor of the town was Sue Jones Davies. And after 30 years, um, this mayor hosted... A, a showing, a screening of the movie in little old town in 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 uh, in this Welsh town of whatever it's pronounced. Okay, the funny thing here is this mayor is the woman who played Judith Iscariot in the film. So that's kind of bizarre because if you guys notice, she trans, she kind of um. She kind of trapes around naked <laughs> in this movie. And uh, maybe she was thinking like, oh, I want to show all my constituents my naked self when I was 30, <laughs> bouncing around the set with um, with the boys of Monty Python. Wait a Is minute. Is that bizarre? That... Oh, go ahead, Ward. Well, I was just going to say that she's not the only one. Graham Chapman trapes around naked as well as does uh, I think Terry Jones as well at one point in the movie. I don't think Terry Jones does. What? What? what yeah, what? he's like in that hole and then he jumps out. He's got like hair all over him. Oh but he, no! But he had a giant gray rug like covering all of his <laughs> junk. Uh, yes, you are right that Graham Chapman com- comes to the window, ding, ding, dingling, ding, dong, dong, hanging out there at the window. Um, but but what I'm saying is. You're a respected politician who's been elected mayor of your small village. And you say, hey, let's show this movie uh, that I made when I was 30 and I'm running around full on nude. That that seems a little weird to me. You know what that takes? <laughs> that takes guts. Uh, a chutzpah. It takes chutzpah. Yeah, certainly a takes little, a lot uh, of chutzpah. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. I don't, I don't know. It's funny. She, you know, Shockingly, she was only mayor for one year. Don't know if that was part of her Shockingly. downfall. Yeah, was this her <laughs> controversial term? Yeah, that might have been uh, why she fell. I don't know, but uh, eh. what are you gonna do? So, what else? Another conversation I wanted to have with you two gentlemen was: what other movies uh, fit the bill? What What is our modern day Monty Python? Is it? Is it? It doesn't have to be movies. You know, media in general, visual media. Is it South Park? Is it? Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is it uh, Simon Pegg and you know the uh, the movies he's been making. What, do we have a modern Monty Python that takes the piss, as it were? Hmm, that's a very good question. I everything that I think oh. is modern is. Oh. I was just going to say everything that I think is modern is actually like really old because the thing that came to my mind was the kids in the hall and that's got to be 20 years old, old now. That's old, yeah. That's Canadian old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was mm-hmm. going to say 
Go ahead, um, Byron. I guess I was going to go from the more technical aspect of a comedy troupe and would say somebody like Broken Lizard, who have done things such as, um, well, Beer Fest and Super Troopers, but I know they haven't done anything in a while, so my even my guess is even outdated as to who would be the ones who are leading the way as far as pushing controversial stuff. South Park is a good answer. Uh, they've certainly been pushing boundaries for a long, long time and have done a pretty good job of it. Was it Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I think, are the, yep, the two? that's right. Yeah, uh, they've that's certainly right. done good, but, uh, I yeah, I, I think I'd have to go with them. I, I think you're right. What do you think, Matt? Well, I don't really know. I mean, because all the things we've mentioned, including the ones you're talking about, they, they're sort of all off the air already. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, who you know, who is doing that now? I, I think probably it's all moved to YouTube. You know, there's less, there's less, um, less censorship, less, you know, kind of restrictions on what you can do. So it might be that that kind of era of satire is dead, possibly. It It's entirely possible. Uh, this kind of ties into a question I was going to ask, uh, and uh, see what your guys' opinion, but I think I already know the answer, is do you think this movie could be made today? Or what would what would it take? Let me see if I can change this question to kind of adapt to what we've been talking about. Could you make a movie like this today and be this controversial? I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait for Ward. What do you think? You're going to wait for me? Uh... I guess it depends on what the topic would be. If it was a, a real hot button issue, I would say no. But I don't know that I don't know that Christianity is necessarily a hot button issue anymore. Well, so we didn't really go into this, but the way that this movie actually got funded, I'm sure you guys looked this up and yes. you know too. But that uh, was kind of what Harrison. I was gonna go with too a little bit. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you were going to go with it, you go with it. You nah, it you're, you were setting it up. I mean, Brian, better, you do it, Brian. Do it, Brian. Brian, go for it. Brain. Brian. Come on, brain. 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 Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, so this film, uh, the funding was pulled near the ending of them filming and ended up having to be funded by none other than George Harrison. Uh, of Beatles fame, if that name wow. does sound familiar. He ended up supplying that and creating his own company called Handmade Films, uh, which ended up uh, funding this whole thing. So, and I had already mentioned before, it was banned in Norway and Ireland, and like Matt had mentioned, in that small Welsh town with about seven consonants in a row, they had to do a, they actually had a special release for it. So it... Is it possible to create a film that controversial, or would it just be canceled even before it started? Fair point. Fair point. Um, I think that nowadays it would be, um, it would have to be a small indie film, and it would not be. I mean, I don't know that you could say that that Life of Brian was not an indie film, but I think it would be more of a Netflix released, um, you know, uh, you know, hit the smaller film festival circuit rather than like something that would make twenty million dollars. Yeah, so, I was my guess. I would agree with that. 
award, do you think they could actually make a comedy? What would the comedy be, or do you think they could make a comedy like this today? I'm trying to think of the last, like, really controversial comedy that came out. I don't remember, like, when This is the End came out, I don't remember that being controversial at all. Oh. I suppose Tropic Thunder, maybe? Tropic Thunder? Which I don't think you ones. could make today. <laughs> I don't uh, think you could make Tropic Thunder today. We have and that was only, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, we have to have a discussion about that movie at some point. Yes, we do. I do not understand do. how that got made. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, not only how did it get made, but how did Robert Downey Jr. get nominated for Best Act, Best Supporting Actor? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I knew that history, but yeah, uh, that is incredible, um, absolutely incredible. Certain yikes, uh, yeah. Byron, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was. Oh, just sorry. A- Hold on, my music's too loud here. There you go. Go ahead, Byron. Oh uh, no, I didn't really have anything else. No, 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 Brian, go ahead. No, Brain? Brain? Just call, me, brain. just call me Brain from now on. Brain, go ahead. Well, I have, I've decided to pull up the Bond-esque intro, which I said we'd get to, and I guess we're going to get to it at the end. I, I did watch this, uh, and it's, like I said, it's the first time I've seen this movie. It is absolutely incredible how the graphics and the song could not be any more Bond-like. A- am I the only one who thinks that? No, I agree with you 100%. No, I agree. Yeah, Byron and I... Oh, well, hey, let's just go there. Since we're we're at the end of this whole thing, let's uh, switch over to talk about these various other Bond things. Byron has something to say about that. But for this episode, Byron, can we wrap this up, or do you have more to say about your favorite movie of all time? Uh, my favorite movie of all time? Uh, no, I guess I did have one other little thing, I guess, um, okay. for an overall... <laughs> I don't know if this point makes any difference. You guys might disagree with me. Uh, while watching this film, I guess I have, my biggest takeaway from this was there are a lot of things in this film that are controversial, and there's a lot of little yes. things that can, um, I guess, impact your life or at least get you down. But mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, you should always just look on the bright side of life. And uh, <laughs> that was what I... <laughs> Nice. Way to go. I like that. <laughs> oh, that was poorly executed, but uh, did my best. <laughs> no, no, no. That, I, I fully am on board with what you said there, Brain, and I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> uh, so we can. We can wrap this show up here, uh, and I'm going to do that by asking. Uh, hold on a second. I'm going to ask. Ward, uh, what's going on at the Parkway? Please tell me I can go to a movie sometime soon. Tell you Angie cannot that. go to a movie at the Parkway. Oh. However, uh, every Sunday you can go to the Church of the Lost Souls. Speaking of the life of brain, uh, with Billy McLaughlin, and uh, it's a combination in-person slash live stream where we have a handful of people can come watch live music in person, uh, or you can watch it streamed. And this Sunday, the fourth is. Special guest Willie Wisely, who is actually a musician that I remember back from my from my uh, I'm not going to say I'm going to say post college days in the ah. in the late '90s in Minneapolis, a uh, great musician. So anyway, that's what's going on at the Parkway. Brain, what's going on <laughs> with the Fun V podcast? Ah, at the Fun V podcast, we are still reviewing all of the 
multitude of James Bond films, and we are reviewing The World Is Not Enough will be the next one on our podcast. Yes, I cannot wait to get out of that, Byron. We need to do it. We are so lazy over there on that other podcast. We need to chug through these uh, things we, because we pretty had soon such a movies. Good pace going, and then I don't know what happened. We just Man. hit a wall there. Movies are coming back, you know, and uh, they're going to be in AMC. They're going to be in all the all the whatever uh, they're called, the big ticket cinemas. And we need to go see uh, Time to Die, No Time to Die, uh, you know, soon. So we can't wait. I can't wait for that. Uh, but anyways, uh, you know, if you want to reach out to us just like Angie did, you've got to email us yeah. at parkwaytheaterpodcast at gmail.com. Give us a call, 612-217-2520. And uh, we'll probably play that voicemail on the podcast, too, because we love to hear that attention. We want Byron to get more more of that uh, fan mail. Absolutely, Byron, you need that fan mail. Yeah, don't make and, my ego uh, too big. What are we doing here? Yeah, so up next, because it's pretty soon going to be May 4th, we're going to cover a little Star Wars. We're going to start with Phantom Menace, and we'll see where it goes. Maybe, uh, maybe it goes from that. But anyway... Uh, Word for Warden Byron, I am Matt signing off this episode of the Parkway Podcast. Yeah.